Hello and welcome to the Faraway Friar Podcast. My name is Beso, and I'm joined by Omar and our secret, super secret underground bunker. How are you doing, Omar? I am doing well. That's good to hear. We are recording live. We're recording live from our underground bunker on September the 14th. It's a Wednesday in 2022. Tomorrow, the Padres are starting a four-game weekend series against the Diamondbacks. It'll be the last series of the season against Los Serpientes, the Arizona. And the Padres just finished their uh, Vetter Cup against the Mariners. They lost today 6-1, to I believe. They lost the season series to the Mariners? Yes. That's unfortunate. Sure. Seattle will hold the Cup for this year. But we're coming for them next year. <laughs> believe it. Um, <laughs> the Padres recently have been a little bit up and down. Of course, they're in the midst of a wild card race. But the Padres have been four and six in their last ten. That includes a series, a pair of series against the Dodgers, a recent series against the Diamondbacks, and of course the Mariners two-game series that we just concluded. The Padres of San Diego have a seventy-eight and sixty-five record. Upcoming, they have 10 games left versus teams above 500. Nine games left with teams below 500. So a slightly hard schedule, I would say. Um, But we've been looking at the schedule. Of course, you have the Diamondbacks. Then you have the Cardinals, who will be tough, but that's at home. You have the Rockies in Coors. That's never easy. You have the dreaded Dodgers, but that's only two more games. No, that's three game series. Excuse me. You have the White Sox. And then you have the Giants. What do you think about the schedule looking forward, Omar? It's a challenge, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you know, that series uh, against the Cardinals. Rockies at Coors always sucks. Dodgers, uh, White Sox, if they're pulling through a last-minute playoff challenge, maybe. But I feel like we should be getting a good amount of games won against these teams. You know, like, I we shouldn't be getting swept at all. Like the next year, we shouldn't no more sweeps in 2022. If the Padres get swept um, in any of these series, it would be a very big problem. Of course, Um, the Dodgers series is the one that looks the hardest given how the Padres have played against the Dodgers. The Cardinals are the division leaders of the NL central right now. The D-backs and Rockies are at the bottom of their division. You bring up an interesting case with the White Sox right now. They're 73 and 74 games out of their division behind the Cleveland Guardians. They're not as close in the wild card standings. So realistically, that's the only thing they're really, really in the uh, in the running for, so to speak. And the White Sox have been six and four in their last 10. So they. They haven't been doing so bad recently, but I, I know that team is at a ton of turmoil. As a Padres fan, I hope the White Sox just completely, you know, screw up this next week so that by the time the Padres have to play them, of course, uh, their season's all but over. Have you heard some of the talk about uh, Tony Larusa and some of that recent stuff that's been going on with the White Sox? Heard a little bit. Obviously, I don't follow them, but, you know, Whenever I came up, just like he and the team are basically 
just not clicking anymore. You know, whatever worked last year is not working this year, clearly. Yeah, there was some anonymous source that came out and said that a lot of the players are pulled and nobody wants Tony Larusa back. Uh, none of the players interviewed want Tony Larusa back in that clubhouse. And, you know, I'm not really sure how the White Sox let it go on that long. Uh, but they're going to finish the season with them. And, you know, we'll see what happens when they play the Padres um, at the end of September here. The main opponent for the Padres will be whoever they're playing. Unfortunately, they don't have any games against Milwaukee, who is the team primarily uh, in the race with them for the NL wildcard. Milwaukee lost to the Cardinals today, which means they are two games behind San Diego. They did not game, gain a game on us uh, today. They have been... Refreshing. Six and four in their last ten, even still. Uh, they've been pretty decent, and they're the only team realistically fighting for that last spot in the National League playoffs. There are four teams and three spots for that wild card. Any comments on the Brewers, Omar? They don't know, because like, from what I've... Since the trade deadline, they haven't been as good as they really should have been but recently they've been doing a lot better so now now it's like it's again worry like i think when we were on that like winning streak not too long ago you know we were starting to put some this in them we we were able to get the second spot second wild card spot briefly but now it's a matter of you know we need distance badly we need to just cling on to the spot for dear life yeah we were ahead of philadelphia by a game or so for a moment Philadelphia is on a five-game win streak right now. However, they've been seven out of their last ten and are two and a half games ahead of the Padres. I think at that point, too, the Padres are about four games over Milwaukee. So the Padres have, haven't been, as far as I can recall, out of the playoffs at any point recently. But the Brewers have been kind of like on their tail. Coming up next for them is a three-game series at home against the Yankees. The Yankees, of course, were really good, and they've gotten back into it. They're eight of their last ten um, after some somewhat recent struggles. But as a Padres fan, it's hard to root for the Yankees, but you're rooting for anybody playing the Brewers right now. Then they're playing the Mets, so they have a series completely in New York. The Mets have been struggling, but we need the Mets to beat them. Then we got the Reds and the Cardinals again, the Marlins. And then the Diamondbacks finish the season against the Brewers. Uh, the Brewers do have a few more games with teams below 500 than above 500. So this New York series that the Brewers have, these next six games coming up, will be a really tough time for them and a really good time for the Padres to pull away. If you have four games against Arizona for the Padres, and these guys are playing six games against the Yankees and Mets, I would really hope that the Padres get a few more games on them, you know? Ideally, we get at least one more game ahead of them. Ideally. Hell, even two. You know, that's the goal here. Because then the Brewers, once they get over that little hill, their their schedule does become notably easier than ours. It would be very beneficial for the Padres 
to be looking at a four-game lead or so um, by the time the Brewers finish up that New York trip. That's what I would hope for anyway. As far as the Padres are concerned, um, of course, the news around the team, there's a few players that are very notable in how they've been playing. Uh, Juan Soto has been slumping. Every game, I think it's brought up by you know, people in the comments. It's brought up sometimes by the announcers. Just little subtle things like, oh, you know, he, he's looking to looking to get on base again. And it's it's kind of tough because we know how good he can be. And we know how good the team needs him to be. And he's just not um he's just not doing so well right now. Uh with the stat over the past 14 games, Juan Soto is hitting point uh zero six eight. So he's batting less than one hundred he's batting less than one hundred. Uh, have, what have you been noticing with Juan Soto, Omar? It's kind of, I don't know. It's weird. You know, like he started off pretty well for us, but it's been a noticeable decline since the trade line. You know, like say what you will, he still gets on base and everything and stuff. Uh, but, you know, it becomes a matter of when are you going to include actual like production and not just, you know, constant walks like walks are good you know you want sure. someone who can get a lot of walks but also you also want someone who can get a lot of hits and make a lot of runs i i agree with you there um just checking something really quick i remember for uh, about two weeks into his padres career i was checking his stats and comparing them to washington um, where he was playing, of course, and the Padres where he is playing. Um, he was noticeably better at the beginning of his Padres tenure, and um, his batting average as a Padre has declined. Do you want to guess a number for what his batting average is right now? I think as just it was, the Padre. As just a Padre? Yeah. I want to say over, I want to say like 130-something. That's a little low. He did. He did have a good start, like I mentioned. He's at two twelve, okay. which is still it's still very bad, <laughs> but it's it's not that bad to where you were there. Um, his on base percentage to to share the you know the comment about the walks. His on base percentage is actually still a point three eight two, which isn't too bad. Um, his batting average as a Washington National was better, but his on base percentage was point four zero eight, which isn't too much higher than that 0.382. I do have a comment that I see on Reddit here that I think is a pretty good summary. Um, if you don't mind, the Friar Tuck, this comes from the Friar Tuck on Reddit. I'm going to shout you out here and read their comment in full. He says, quote, or she says, quote, it is not toxic to admit the truth. In fact, it's toxic to deny the truth. The truth is that the Juan Soto experiment thus far has been an unmitigated disaster for the Padres. You get a guy who the national media compares to Ted Williams. You give us, you give up the biggest trade deadline haul in recent living memory to get him. You are in the midst of a fight to make the playoffs. It is fair to expect that this generational talent 
will leave his struggling squad after finding no new motivation on a playoff contender put up career numbers. The problem is that he then comes here and proceeds to put up historically terrible career numbers. Your team plays 500 baseball with him while he forgets how to hit the baseball and while your rivals inch closer in the standings each day. Everyone is cheering for Juan and is desperate for the day he turns things around, but it's time to stop pretending like this is normal and acceptable. What do you think of that comment? I just posted it. Yeah, I posted it here for you to read it too. I mean, yeah, we shouldn't be cheering him for, you know, (laughs) being mid. But I wouldn't say, like, it's an unmitigated disaster. Like, (laughs) that is a harsh one. Yeah. Subreddit moment, I will say. Uh, No offense, Fire Tuck. I do agree (laughs) with the fact that, you know, he should be doing better, but also, mm, touch grass. Um, I do agree with parts of it. Like, I think there's this thing that happens with every new Padres player is that I saw it happening a little bit with um, Josh Bell as well. Like, once people start criticizing the new guy, there's a good chunk of Padres fans that, like, are quickly there to to be like, no, wait, just hang on. Let him let him get let him get used to San Diego. Let him get you know acclimated to playing for the Padres. He'll he'll get used to it. He'll he'll get better. He'll figure it out, sort of thing. And with baseball, it's a game of 162. So like if you start off with the Padres and have one bad week, it looks bad on numbers, but really that's such a small portion of the season, you know? But at the same time, I do think it's okay to admit that Juan Soto has not been playing well uh, in general since he's been on the Padres. Like, he hasn't lifted the team up and kind of carried the team a little bit, kind of how Padres fans were hoping he would. I do think this comment is a bit too uh, too much. It's, it's a bit much um, to, you know, to say that it's been a complete disaster. And to say that, you know, he forgets how to play baseball or whatever. I I think there's some truth to it, if that makes sense. Definitely. Definitely some truth. Moving away from the negativity, of course, we're hoping Soto has a good ending to the season here and can help the Padres in the playoffs. One player that's gotten back into the swing of it here is Josh Hader. Over his last three appearances, three is a very small sample size, but over his last three appearances, he has not given up an earned run and only given up one hit um, and zero walks over those last three appearances. Josh Hader, is he back, Omar? Too small of a sample size, I argue. (laughs) But, I mean, hey, three for three, that's not bad, you know. I remember the first one against the Giants, right? It was kind of like a a do or die situation. Bob Melvin basically told him, you know, get out there and prove you belong, and he did. You know, that was that that appearance against the Giants was the first appearance he had after that six game. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. That appearance he had against the Giants was the first game, the first appearance he had after 
the Royals game where he gave up six earned runs on five hits and only got one out. So it was a it was a big moment for him because a lot of people thought he should have been called down or he should have been sat for a while. And like you said, they they put him in there and he he was able to get the save against the Giants that game. And since that point, that would be in total five appearances. He's only given up one earned run so far. So definitely just looking a lot better, looking a lot more like adult self. You know, hopefully like he, he starts to heat up and ideally starts to heat up right before the postseason, you know, where he really hits a stride. Now, my question to you, Omar, here off the cuff is, let's say the Padres are in a position where they have to win a game. You know, the Brewers are one game behind them. Uh, and the Padres have to win game 162. You're up 2-1 to one going into the bottom of the ninth. You put Hayter in there right now. Yeah. You do? I do. I I think I would have to do it just because I don't know who else I would put in there in that spot. Because it's not just Hayter. It's also the fact that we don't have like a very consistent guy that I would trust over him as well. You know what I mean? I'd argue Nick Martinez, maybe. feel like if it's a big game like that, Martinez would have already pitched like the sixth and seventh or something like that. He would have already gotten the more important outs. But maybe you're right. Maybe I would trust Martinez a little bit more. But in any case, it's better to see Hayter not giving up a five on the on the scoreboard and you know getting outs and obviously I hope it continues. Now another player who was slumping um is getting another start his first start since September 3rd which is gonna be 12 days ago by tomorrow's game. It is Sean Manea. Um he last pitched on that third uh, he last started on that third against the Dodgers, where he gave up eight earned runs. He did pitch in relief on the 10th against the Dodgers as well. That was just for one inning there. What do you think about uh, Sean Manea coming back to pitch against the Dodgers tomorrow? You mean against the Diamondbacks? What do you think about Sean Manea coming back to pitch against the Diamondbacks tomorrow? Hopefully that rest did him some good. He's been kind of mid, dare I say bad, these past few starts. So hopefully this gives him, you know, the uh, this rest gives him the boost he needed to hopefully, you know, just go tomorrow and get shit done. Obviously, I hope he does well. Um, however, I don't think the Padres are going to bring him back almost at this point. He needs to, you know, show that he's still a good pitcher to lower his ERA a bit to kind of keep teams interested in him for next year. He's going to be a free agent. And this year with the Padres, he has a 5.23 ERA. And there's not too many teams out there that are usually looking for a pitcher, a starting pitcher over 30 with a 5 ERA the year before. Um, It was his worst year as an MLB player so far. 
and the Padres obviously need him to to at least hold it steady against the D-backs. So I, I hope he does well. His record's only 7-8, and eight, but of course record doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, the Cardinals, for instance, I see in the game right next to it, have a guy going named Miles Mikolas, who is 11-11, and 11, but with a 3.42 ERA, which is, of course, noticeably, uh, noticeably better. But I hope Manea does well against the Diamondbacks. Long story short. <laughs> on Friday, the Padres will bring out Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove on Saturday, and you Darvish, the uh, ace of the rotation right now, on Sunday. Uh, which game do you feel most confident in between tomorrow and Saturday? So between Manea, Snell, and Joe. Because if I gave so, you Darvish, I think you'd choose Darvish. I was about to say, I'd choose Darvish. Um, yeah. <laughs> honestly? Yeah. Hold on. Between those, between the other three that aren't you, Darvish, who do you feel the most confident in? <laughs> Am I allowed to check the uh, who's the opposing pitcher? Uh, who's the opposing pitcher? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say Snell. Because we're facing against uh, Bumgarner that day. (laughs) No, I'm going to say Snell. He's had a very good uh, second half. Very, very good. He's done very well. Uh, Not that uh, Musgrove, he's kind of faltered since his really good start. But he's still pretty good. But I feel like Snell will definitely get a job done. Snell pitched uh, the last series we played against the Diamondbacks. He pitched on September 5th. Went six innings. Gave up just one earned run. Uh, with four hits. So that was a very good game for him. So that's not a bad choice at all. I I do agree with you. I, I feel like that would be my pick as well. Um, as he's done better than Joe Musgrove recently. Joe Musgrove has, you know, he had a great start and he cooled off. Joe Musgrove did go against the Diamondbacks on September 6th. Uh, you know, again, it's the day after. And he only pitched 4.1 innings. Gave up four earned runs that game. So not a not a good start for him there. His last few starts have not been as good. His last good start would be August 31st against the Giants, where he pitched 6.2 innings and gave up three earned runs, which is a quality start. Um, obviously, I feel like a sweep of the Diamondbacks would be what the Padres need desperately, but winning three out of four, I think, is really needed. You know what I mean? Yep. Just got to win games. You know, whatever it takes, just got to put some distance, got to cling on to that spot. The Padres are in this weird position where um, they're not playing the Brewers anymore. So you're just going to be scoreboard watching what we're doing and like what they're doing. And it kind of reminds me of like a golf game, you know, where it's like you can't <laughs> control the other person's strokes. You have yeah. to try to get, you know, the lowest score possible. And the other guy might might do even better than what you can do. The Padres have kind of like made their bed and they kind of just got to do as well as they can right now with with what's there. 
one cool thing about baseball coming up is that the Padres still have, of course, starting with the D-backs here, a series against every single team in their division before they finish up here. And that's a cool thing about baseball. Like, I know they're going to play less games in division next season, but I, I do think that is a cool thing uh, just because they play so many games and the division games are obviously so important. And it'll be ultimately how well the Padres do in those division games. They'll most likely determine if they can even make the playoffs. Do you think they make the playoffs, Omar? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, just to be the just to be the opposite here. Come on, Beso, you can't do this to me. <laughs> I want the Padres to make the playoffs. The Brewers have an easier schedule, and the Padres had some rough goes of it with some of the teams that are in their schedule coming up. I want the Padres to make the playoffs, but they gotta they gotta prove it here. My follow up question to that one I told you about earlier. And this is also from Reddit. I'm going to give a shout out to Reddit here. Though I did not read any of the comments. I know you did. How does the 22 season, this season, need to end for you to call it a success for the Padres? Uh, make the playoffs. Straight up, make the playoffs. Hopefully win a series, but the goal is to make the playoffs, you know? Like, it can't just be like, oh, you know, we, we were close. But at least, you know, our record was better than last year which officially as of now is sure it, yeah. it it has to be a matter of we need to make the fucking playoffs and anything less is literally a clown move basically <laughs> okay so your goal is to make the playoffs so what if they make the playoffs and then lose get swept by right when they get in the playoffs would be disappointing, but I feel like at the very least we made it there. You know, like we finally got that monkey off our back. Right now, um, if things ended the way they did, uh, the Padres would be in the 3-6 matchup, I believe, with the St. Louis Cardinals because they're the worst of the three division winners. Um, so with six playoff teams on each side, I believe the way it would work is that the Dodgers and Mets would have a bye. So the Padres would play the uh, Cardinals once again in the playoffs if things ended the way they are. Of course, the Padres could technically uh, get ahead of Philadelphia. They're only two and a half games up, and that could have them playing the Braves, for instance. That would be the 4-5 matchup. Doesn't look like the Cardinals would be able to catch up to the Mets, uh, but actually the Mets and Braves might switch spots which would change that four or five matchup entirely. Um, and also, I have a question. I'm not sure if you know the answer to. Is the NL doing the overall playoff rankings by divisions then wins, or is it just by wins outright? Because the Braves have a better record than the Cardinals, for example. But of course, the Braves are a wild card team right now. I believe it is division over wins. Okay. Uh, I think only wins are only applied when it's the World Series. Okay. Because then the Cardinals would be locked into that third seed there. Yes. And uh, the Braves would only be able to get to fourth unless they win the division, or they would jump to two. Uh, in any case, I'm going to go ahead and answer this question as well. I'm going to add a little bit to it. 
I say for the season to be a success for the San Diego Padres, they not only need to make the playoffs, but they need to win a, the first series. Is it still called the division series? Or it's called something else because it's uh, the, the wild card series. The, okay. They need to win the wild card series and not lose to the Dodgers in the playoffs. And so if they get matched up in that second round against the Dodgers, I'm not calling it a success if they lose the Dodgers. If they get matched up and they're playing the Braves or the uh, Mets or any of those other teams and they lose, I'm okay with it. But if they lose in the playoffs to the Dodgers, I'm not calling this a success. They could make it all the way to the NLCS. But if they lose to the Dodgers, I'm not calling it a success. Very, I, I very interesting take. I just can't do it. <laughs> can't, can't blame you. I, I can't swear to do God. it. No, they, um, you know, they already clinched mm-hmm. the division, and they're already... Uh, I told you, right? Uh, due to mm-hmm. an error, they thought they clinched the division after they beat us. But yeah. they had to wait a day uh, to officially do it, and I just thought that was funny. <laughs> wait. Uh, wait. I couldn't give it to them for one last day. Nope. <laughs> Um, there's one last thing I want to say, or I kind of want to show you really quick before we go on to any other topic. Okay. Um, so I always shout it out at least one time during our podcast. Uh, this is from me. Um, I do the Reddit rankings with other Redditors, uh, where we rank baseball teams. And this was my, um, position on where the Padres are right now. Do you want to read it? Uh, do you want me to read it out loud for the viewers at home? Yeah. Cool. And then you, you read it, and then you tell me how you feel about it. All right. And I quote, Glass half full. The Padres are in the middle of September and are in place to make the playoffs in a full 162-game season for the first time since 2006. Next season, they will have a full season from Soto and a near full season from Tatis. So any playoff experience this season will help. Glass half empty. The Padres are underachieving wildly, have a top five payroll, and only two games up from missing the playoffs entirely. Never mind that San Diego doesn't seem to be in the same tier as Los Angeles, the Mets, or the Braves, even if we do make the postseason. I I would agree on both fronts. Definitely the fact that if we make the playoffs, you know, it'll be, it'll be our first playoff appearance. And a full season in the wild, and that would definitely be great. And then next year is when we really start to hit our stride. You know, I think I remember you mm-hmm. would say a lot last year that this year would be the year that we finally start to achieve our goals. And definitely hoping on it. <laughs> underachieving yeah. slightly, I'll admit, but we're starting to get there. We're starting to push forward. You know, it's a whole yeah. Windows idea, and this is definitely yeah. where we're like trying to break our window and get past our expectations. And, you know, hopefully next year we can definitely do that. I do agree that, you know, we are underachieving. You know, we had the big deadline day splash and now we're kind of mid. Mm-hmm. So, but you, you know me, I'm always the positive one here. So, of course, I'm going to agree with the past fat full take and also agree with the glass half empty. But, you know, definitely side on the fact that we are in a playoff spot. Well, thanks for reading it out for me. I, I definitely felt pulled in both directions. 
And I don't like being overly negative when I talk to you about baseball, but I feel like it's a good way to like balance us out. If you're being positive, I'll be a little bit more negative. Um, I, I obviously feel like both ways, like the Padres made the playoffs that one season, but they're only 60 games and they haven't actually made the playoffs in forever in a real season, so to speak. And, you know, it's not wrong to ask for a little bit more given how much um, AJ Preller and, you know, ownership and everything has been put into the team overall recently. It's not too much to be expecting that they would be a little bit farther along, so to speak, on that schedule. Um, that's how I felt anyway. But of course, we both hope the Padres make the playoffs and can make some noise when they get there. Uh, this will probably be our last podcast of the regular season. Uh, depending on how the season goes, we might have a playoff series preview, which is something we haven't gotten to do um, yet. Or we could be doing a season in review, which is something I'm looking forward to uh, doing so early. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it on the Padres for just right now. Two games back of the Phillies, two games ahead of Milwaukee, and still in the playoffs as of this moment on September 14th. So, Beso, I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you've been following uh, a certain uh, team from St. Louis, but former Angel, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm definitely saying that to piss people off, former Angel <laughs> and current Cardinal, former Dodger as well, I should say, Albert Pujols. Has Angel Hall of Famer. <laughs> yes. Has just passed Alex Rodriguez on the all-time home run list. He is now at fourth all-time behind, obviously, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth. He is now fourth with 697 home runs. Any thoughts? I, I told you this before we started recording. I want him to get to 700 flat. I don't want him to hit 701. Uh, what's what? Where'd Barry Bonds get to? He's number one, right? In Barry Bonds. Oh dear, hold. Uh, seven fifty six plus. He's not gonna get there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, it, yeah. One moment, please. Uh, I had. Yeah. I actually had it right here. Uh, Barry Bonds is at seven hundred sixty two. Yeah, who also need like four seasons to get there, and he's not. He's not getting that. Um, <laughs> so I. I want him to get these last three. Uh, this year, I want him to get three more, no more, no less. I want him to get exactly three and finish on 700. I glanced at the Cardinals schedule. They play the Reds. Uh, this is very weird. They play the Reds five games in a row from tomorrow to uh, Sunday. That's um, with two games on Saturday. They played the, the Reds. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I think that's a great opportunity. There'll be some good at bats he can get there against the against uh, the Reds. I, I literally saw I think mm -hmm. tomorrow they're facing a pitcher with nine ERA. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and he's a right hander too. And... Yeah. <laughs> and their last if you look at the Cardinals schedule, it's so weird, man. Five games against the Reds, then then it settles down. They play the Padres, the Dodgers, the Brewers. But then look at the end. They play six games in a row against the Pirates with half of them at home and half of them on the road. So 
That is very weird. Just yeah, very very odd. That's such a weird schedule. It makes me happy for like, what the Padres. Like f- five five series games are pretty uncommon. Like we had one. We had one this year. It has to be from against, like a rain out. Yeah, that has to be a yeah. rain out thing. Yeah, yeah, the, but, yeah, that was like a rescheduled thing. But this, yeah. but like five games are rare. Six games, I've never even never, heard of I've never seen that where it's three three home, three away. That's that's not a rain delay thing. That's just like a schedule thing. Like my point is, I think I think Pujols could get the three home runs just between that red series of five and the pirate series of six at the end. Oh, he'll he'll <laughs> like I know you he'll want chances. Seven- He'll have a chance. I know you want 700, but I think you'll probably get maybe two, three runs past that. I can not, imagine. I mean, not to, can, not to be mean to not to be mean <laughs> to the Reds or Pirates, but he'll have chances. There'll be pitches for him if he's playing those games. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely want to touch on Pools a little bit. He's had a very, very good year. He has obviously 18 home runs. This year, uh, his batting average is 266. Um, okay. he's not doing not doing too bad this year for you know a uh final year, obviously. Uh, you know, you know, hey, like we wanted him to get this home run thing, and he's beating a rod's record, so no matter what happens, he'll be number four all time. But you know, we all definitely want him to reach the 700 club. Everybody, I think, uh, wants me to get to 700. Um, this is the best he's looked in the last few years. He maybe he's more reinvigorated because he can like see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Like, I don't know if all those years in the Angels, like he just kind of looked, he looked so out of it, so slow, obviously. But his numbers, uh, like you mentioned, are so much better this year um, with the Cardinals being specifically this stint. So I want him to finish with 700. Uh, you say he's going to get more. He has a chance to get more, of course. Um, I'm rooting for him. Don't want it to happen against the Padres, but hey, that's a historical moment. So I guess I couldn't be too mad if it did happen against the Padres. I, I feel like if I had to bank on it, it'll probably happen. I'd assume he'll get a home run. Maybe two against the Cardinals, and then he'll either break it against the Padres or against the Dodgers. I feel like one of those series. You don't think he'll he'll be up to the last day? No, I I, I doubt it. Like we have like a half a month left, and it's only three home runs. And on the form he's been in, you know, like he definitely wants it. The team wants it. Hell, all the baseball wants it for him. So I doubt he'll keep us waiting, especially since, you know, it's his last year. I doubt he wants to, like, go uh, Mr. 3000 on this one. Good movie, by the way. I was going to bring that up. Like, the whole plot to that movie is they miscounted his hits. And he was missing, like, three hits. So he was, like, a 2997. So he had to go play baseball again. Bernie Mac, of course, um, had to go play baseball again for the Brewers to try to get three last hits. And I think he only got two, mm. uh, but he helped his team win. Yeah. I, I just find it because uh, I literally passed on that movie on MLB network one time. I was just like, you know, what's this here? And yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty interesting. No, it's a good movie. It's a, like a lot of good sports movies. It's more about the person and like the, the personal story than the sport as much, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's a good movie. 
<laughs> I won't ramble more. <laughs> but anyway, I hope the Cardinals do it. And uh, of course, he was on the Angels, and the Angels suck. Um, anyway, is there anything else you'd like to let the the, the listeners know, Omar? <laughs> oh yeah, I know you don't want to talk about the AL, but definitely want to mention that the Angels have confirmed a seventh season of a losing record. Seventh so, season confirmed. Yep, seven season straights. They, if I believe you might have to correct me on this, but I believe if the Mariners break their 20 year long postseason drought, I believe the Angels are next on the chopping block. Might need to correct. Might need to correct me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's right. I feel like I feel like there's another team that would be more more longer. I feel like the Tigers maybe or the. There's several teams I feel like that that would have a longer drought. Cool. Uh, active right now. Yeah. Uh, so the Phillies are the next active at ten years, but that might change this year. Yeah. So next to them, it will be a tie between the Angels and the and the Tigers. There we go. Okay. So I was I was half right. I, I knew it'd been a little bit for the Tigers. I feel like the Rockies were a while, but they made it in 2019 in that. That year. No. Okay, I forgot. Rock- October. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I only remember that one year where they made the playoffs and made it all the way to uh, the World Series because Matt Holiday never touched on plate. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you know, the Tigers are in a tough spot as well, but the Angels, the Angels have it so tough, and we don't know what's going to happen with Otani. If uh, they're going to get a new owner and the owner will want to kind of clean house and start fresh. Or if the Angels are going to keep Otani, you know it's just it's just a weird situation. Um, shout out to the Mariners. Looks like they're going to make the playoffs. Don't want to count your eggs before they hatch, but the Mariners are in a very good spot right now to potentially make the playoffs and end their drought. We're all rooting for them. Um, yeah, good vibes their way. Is what I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to let the listeners know, Omar? Uh, let's hope for more Padres wins. Let's hope for a lot of Brewers losses. Let's hope for a lot of Dodgers losses as well, because fuck them. Fuck the Dodgers. Let's sweep the snakes. Woo. Yeah, at least that's three wins. At least three wins. <laughs> at least three. Please. <laughs> anyway, listeners, it's been good uh, recording again. I hope you guys have enjoyed this version of the Far Away Friars podcast. Thank you so much for listening uh, to the end of the season. If you've been with us the whole time, this is the end of our second season here. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope to hear, I hope you guys hear back from us again very soon. Forgot how to close it out there.